God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people, and he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and he's seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music and read some of the Bible together regarding the wisdom of God. Let's start off with I Live for Your Presence by Sal Arico. To hear you whisper to me. 
God came to you today and asked you, what is the one thing in life that you would desire of me? What would you request? Let's say that God says you can have whatever you ask. He says, I will do it for you. You just tell me what it is you would like. What would you desire God give you or do for you? Well, there was such a man that God made that offer to. His name is Solomon. Let's read a little bit about that in Second Chronicles chapter 1. Uh, we'll start here in verse 1. And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges, and to every governor in all Israel, the chief of the fathers. Verse 3. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. 
And Solomon went up to the brazen altar before the Lord, verse 6, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and he offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. Verse 8, And Solomon said unto God, You have showed great mercy unto David my father, and you made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Here is Solomon's request in verse 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people, for who can judge this thy people that is so great? Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge in order that he could rule righteously in the kingdom of Israel. And we're going to see here in verse 11 and 12 that God surely considered it to be a tremendous request as well. Verse 11, God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and you have not asked for riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither did you ask for long life, but you asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you might judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Verse 12, Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. When God asked Solomon what would he like, Solomon did not request more things for himself. His request was in the context of serving God and serving the children of Israel. He requested that he might have the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to righteously rule over God's people. Solomon's heart was pure and it was clean in the sight of God. God granted Solomon's request. But not only did God give to Solomon wisdom and knowledge, God also gave him riches, wealth, and honor above all the kings and rulers before him and those that should come after him. Don't normally kings and rulers and presidents strive to increase their rulership, their influence in the world, or build a legacy that will last forever? Sure they do. Well, Solomon received in abundance all that any king or ruler could ever desire from God by requesting from God wisdom and knowledge. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 4, uh, verses 29 through 34. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding, exceeding much, and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. How great in number, how vast is the sand on the seashore? It's innumerable. It can't be counted. It's so great, it's basically unlimited to the human mind. The wisdom and the understanding and the heart of Solomon, it was limitless. Why? Because the wisdom and the understanding came from God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
Verse 30, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, and his fame was in all nations round about. And he spake three thousand proverbs, and Solomon's songs were a thousand and five. Solomon spoke three thousand proverbs. The book of Proverbs, that only records five hundred and some of those. Solomon was the, the writer of the book of Proverbs. He also wrote one thousand and five songs. You had to know that those songs had to be beautiful and encouraging to the children of Israel and praising to the heart of God. Verse 34, And he spake of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts, of fowl, and of creeping things, and of fishes. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth, which had heard of his wisdom. Solomon was known throughout the world by other kings and other rulers for his great wisdom. In chapter 10 of 1 Kings, we see the queen of Sheba's reaction to Solomon's wisdom. Let's read 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 3 through 9. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent, by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. No more spirit in her literally means she was breathless. She was in awe of what she saw in Solomon's kingdom. Verse 6, And the queen of Sheba said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and your wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes have seen it, and behold, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceeds the fame which I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear your wisdom. Verse 9, Blessed be the Lord your God, which delights in you, to set you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he a king to do judgment and justice. What a tremendous report by the queen of Sheba, a ruler from another kingdom outside of the kingdom of Israel. Let's look at several other verses regarding wisdom. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In this verse, fear is not the kind of fear where you might be afraid of something, like being afraid of heights, or being afraid of a, a spider, or something like that. This word fear is much better translated as the word reverence. The reverence of the Lord is the beginning, or the prerequisite to wisdom. A good understanding, continuing in verse 10, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. If we go to the book of Proverbs, which was written by Solomon as God directed, God is the author, 
Solomon is the one that wrote it down. Here in Proverbs, we can learn a great deal about wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. If someone does not have a reverence for the one true God, the Father of Jesus Christ, could that person have genuine spiritual wisdom? No, absolutely not. The reverence of God, that is the beginning or the prerequisite to wisdom. We'll read later in 1 Corinthians how the wisdom of this world is considered to be foolishness. It says here in Proverbs chapter 9 that the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Understanding is insight. It's deeper than knowing a fact or a truth. Understanding is how that truth is applied. It's how that truth interacts with other statements of truth. It's how it all fits together. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 7. Here in verse 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. The Proverbs of Solomon, a proverb in God's word, is a saying that is both practical and true. It's true because it's God's word, and it's practical. It's something that we are able to understand and able to do. Verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Here in verse 2, we see one of the purposes of the book of Proverbs. It's to know wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words or the sayings of understanding. Understanding here is literally to be able to distinguish truth from error. Verse 7, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, they despise wisdom and instruction. Fools would despise or hold as insignificant wisdom and instruction. We've already read three other locations that the reverence of the Lord is the beginning or the prerequisite. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her wisdom, forsake wisdom not, and she, wisdom, shall preserve you. Love her, love wisdom, and she, wisdom, shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, verse 7. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding. It says here that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the beginning. It is the first thing needed. What is the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Knowledge is information gained either by way of our five senses, experiences, or that knowledge could come from the Spirit of God. Wisdom, that would be the application of that knowledge. A simple way to understand the difference, an example here, let's say, you're driving and you arrive at an intersection controlled by a traffic signal. The light turns red. Knowledge is, I know the light is red and I know I should stop. Wisdom, I apply the brakes. When it comes to the things of God, with knowledge, I may have memorized the entire Bible. That would be knowledge. Wisdom, though, 
that would be obeying and loving God and having a relationship with him as a heavenly father. Knowledge without wisdom is useless. Wisdom, that is the principal thing, the number one thing. That is what is needed. We saw that in the life of Solomon and how he asked God for wisdom. God gave Solomon wisdom and so much more. This past week, I've been reading a book titled The Power That Changes the World. It's by Bill Johnson, and I'll put a link to it up on the website as well because it is an excellent read on spiritual wisdom and living the life that God has called us to as his children of light in this dark world. He makes a statement in the book that I find quite remarkable. The statement is, The ability to hear the voice of God is the key to wisdom. Wisdom is relational. Let me read it again. The ability to hear the voice of God is the key to wisdom. Wisdom is relational. Literally, when we have an ongoing relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth, we have the wisdom needed in each and every situation of our life. Knowledge isn't enough. It's that application of the knowledge, the wisdom, that is which produces results that will glorify God. What a tremendous way to live. To walk in application of the knowledge of God in each and every situation having the required wisdom, knowing what to do because you're attuned to the voice of God, the voice of your heavenly Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth, because you have a relationship with him. That's surely something to pursue after. Now let's take a look at a couple of uses of wisdom in the New Testament. Uh, let's begin here in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll start here in verse 17. And this is Paul. He says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And that wisdom there of the wise, in verse 19, that's the wisdom of the world, those who are wise in the ways of this world. Verse 20, he says, Where is the wise? And that's talking about those that are wise in the wisdom, natural wisdom of the world. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer or the philosopher? of this world. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, spiritual wisdom, the world by wisdom, by natural wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know what? Let's go back to remember what we read earlier, how the beginning of wisdom is reverence for God. 
So often those that are wise with the natural wisdom of this world have no reverence for God. They're man-made, they're self-made. They've accomplished it on their own. There's no credit given to God. So in light of that, verse 21, let me read that again. For after that, in the spiritual wisdom of God, the world, by natural wisdom, did not know God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And isn't that how so many of us believed? Somebody preached to us the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sure, that's how I believed. Somebody preached the word of God to me, and I believed it. It's by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. Verse 22, for the Jews, they require a sign. And the Greeks or the Gentiles, all the other nations of the world, well, they seek after wisdom, and that's natural wisdom, not spiritual. Verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks or the Gentiles, the nations of the world, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Gentiles, that's you and I, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, in other words, if God could be foolish, well, his foolishness would still be wiser than the wisest of all men. And if God could be weak, well, still, God's weakness would be stronger than the strongest of men. Verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, those that are wise in their own eyes, those that are wise in natural wisdom. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the those that are wise in natural wisdom. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. And things which are not to bring to nothing things that are. Verse 29, That no flesh should glory in God's presence. And doesn't the flesh glory? Doesn't man glory in his natural wisdom, his natural strength, his natural ability? For those that don't know God or or don't have a desire to know God but are are self-made and have figured it all out on their own, well, no flesh is going to glory in the presence of God. Verse 30, wonderful verse here. But of God are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Christ is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. We're to boast, we're to glory in the greatness of what God has done for us. It's not of my ability or your ability that we have spiritual wisdom. 
or that we've been made righteous or that we're sanctified or, or set apart or that we've been redeemed. It's all because of the work of Jesus Christ. It's all because of the love of the Father for his people. If we're going to glory, we glory in the Lord. We have been given the wisdom of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we received it when we received the gift of Holy Spirit. When we got born again of God's Spirit. Included in that gift is the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of Christ. Let's look over in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8. Wherein he God has abounded toward us in all wisdom and good sense. God has abounded toward us in all wisdom. He has given us wisdom. We find that wisdom in the written word. He's given us his word. And then day by day, moment by moment, we receive the wisdom needed as we walk and live and talk with our Heavenly Father. He makes known to us what is needed when it's needed. He's never late. He's always on time. The greatness of wisdom is found in relationship with the Heavenly Father. God's resource of wisdom, it will never run dry. Literally, the foundations of the universe, they were set in place by his wisdom. That is the reservoir of wisdom from which you and I can draw. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. For I would that you knew what great care I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgment of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3. In whom, in the mystery of God, the Father, and of Christ, are hid all, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In the mystery of God the Father in Christ, that is where are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wealth and the precious truths of who you are in Christ are found in the mystery of God the Father in Christ. What is that mystery? Remember the mystery that is both the Judeans and all the nations of the world as one body in Christ. That's the mystery that the Gentiles would be joint heirs, that all would have access to sonship through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. That was the mystery. And the riches of the glory of that mystery, that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, that we could know the Christ within to the degree that the Father would like for us to know the Christ within. It's available. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Paul says, I am made a minister according to the administration of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. 
even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations but now now is made manifest or made known to his saints the mystery has been made known verse 27 to whom the saints god would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory that's the riches of the glory of this mystery that is what we have christ in you christ in me the hope of glory verse 28 whom we preach <laughs> that's who we preach christ we don't preach a denomination we don't preach my church group we don't preach this organization or that organization we preach christ warning every man verse 28 and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in christ jesus Paul, he taught and he preached in all wisdom. He knew what to say, he knew how to say it, and he knew when to say it. And he didn't just come with words, he also came in the power of God. Signs, miracles, and wonders. The purpose being that he could bring those he reached to spiritual maturity, complete to the end for which their lives were intended. Paul, he saw the value of people because he had the eyes of the Father and his ear was tuned to the voice of God. Paul was able to preach and teach in all wisdom because of his relationship with his heavenly Father. Verse 29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to God's working, which works in me mightily. Paul worked hard in his labor for his heavenly father to the point of fatigue. And the work that he did was not of his own plans, but rather it was according to God's working within him, which God worked mightily. What a relationship Paul had with his heavenly father. Because of that relationship, he had the wisdom in preaching and teaching to the end that the word of God sounded mightily throughout Asia, Asia Minor, and Europe in the first century, resulting in an untold number of souls being saved, and many, many, many signs, miracles, and wonders done by Paul and by the hands of the other saints. You know, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't value the Apostle Paul's or Solomon's life above yours. God loves you as much as he loved Paul and as much as he loved Solomon and as much as he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Paul's background? He persecuted the church. He hauled Christians to jail. Paul was a murderer of God's children before he got saved. What about Solomon? He was David's son. But do you know who his mother was? Bathsheba. The relationship between David and Bathsheba began as an adulterous relationship, and it included murder, the murder of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. Uriah was murdered at the command of David, so that David could have Bathsheba as wife. 
Well, I guarantee that your background, my background, your family, my family experience prior to today is no worse than Solomon's or David's. Do you see how gracious, merciful, kind, and loving God is? It's only pride to think that you're too good to need God. And anybody that thinks that, well, really, that's laughable. And it's also too prideful to think that you're no good and that God would never accept you. Both of those types of thinking magnify you and put the emphasis where it doesn't belong. The emphasis is on God. Magnify God. Accept His grace through the wisdom of salvation through Christ. James chapter 1. Uh, let's read verses 5 through 8. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally or bountifully and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. God will give you wisdom. He's not going to scold you if you ask him what to do. He's not going to withhold it from you and, and make you beg for wisdom. It says that if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. He will give to you bountifully, and he's not going to scold you. Verse 6. But let him ask in believing, nothing wavering, and to waver is to be divided in your mind, to be doubting. To go back and forth, well, I believe God, oh, I don't believe God. Well, I believe God, oh, I don't think God will do it. That's wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God has been so kind and gracious to you and I. We have the wisdom of Christ in the new birth. We have that unlimited reservoir available because God is our Father. God is generous. He is bountiful in His supply of wisdom for you and I. We bring praise and glory to God when we live in the wisdom with which He has provided for each of us. desire to live every moment for you your spirit has set me on fire to learn and to speak and to do and where you lead I will follow you Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride by myself I am finding the joy of walking in newness of life open the eyes of my understanding give me the wisdom to walk in your way and grant me the vision to see so much bigger 
to love without judgment and walk every day more like Christ. Father, open my eyes. Let the works of my hands glorify you. That my life might minister grace Let the words of my lips be your pure words Seasoned and sweet to the taste And where you lead I will follow you, Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride By losing myself I am finding the joy of walking in newness of life. Open the eyes of my understanding. Give me the wisdom to walk in your way. And grant me the vision to see so much bigger, to love without judgment. And walk every day more like Christ Father, open my eyes And where you lead, I will follow you, Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride by losing myself, I am finding the joy of walking in newness of life. And open the eyes of my understanding. Give me the wisdom to walk in your way and grant me the vision to see so much bigger to love without judgment and walk every day more like Christ Father open my eyes open my What a beautiful song. That's uh, Gene Meldrum off his newest CD, and that's called Open My Eyes. I, I thought here, uh, to finish out the show, we'd take a look at some Proverbs and read through a few of those that I thought would bless us. And if you have your Bible handy, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 is where we'll start. In verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Here we're encouraged to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. 
and not to lean onto our own understanding. You know, our own understanding is not sure, it's not steadfast, it's not necessarily strong. And when you lean on something that's not sure or steadfast or strong, well, usually it will collapse and you fall. But if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, the Lord is strong, faithful, sure, and steadfast. And as we acknowledge Him, in all of our ways, He directs our path. How does He direct our path? Well, first through the written word, as we understand and and see the great truths contained therein, but also as He works within us to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's how He directs our paths. Let's look at another one over in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, God's word, God's sayings, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, God's word, God's sayings, are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of the heart, are the issues of life. There is some tremendous practical truth contained there in verses 20 through 23. We're to keep God's word in the midst or in the center of our heart. And why would we do that? Because God's word is life and it is health. And verse 23 is is just such a key key verse. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Literally, above all that's worth keeping is your heart and keep it with all diligence. Watch over it. Be aware of what's in your heart. Why? Because out of your heart are the issues of life. Out of the heart is where believing comes from. We can decide what we allow to get into our heart. What do we allow ourselves to hear, read, watch, listen to? It all has an effect on us, whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whether it's conversation, whether it's friendships, whether it's whatever it might be. Words have an effect on your heart. We are to keep our heart with all diligence, above all that's kept, because out of our heart are the issues of life. That's some tremendous instruction there. And it may not necessarily be an easy thing to do, and it may take a little bit of discipline within the life of an individual to control what you allow to go into your mind. Because you think about it, I heard somebody many years ago once share this example in relationship to this verse. You know, here I have my home, and let's say I've cleaned my living room, and I I keep my house orderly, and my neighbor comes over, and he brings in with him a garbage can of garbage and just dumps it on the living room floor. Would I allow that in the physical realm? Absolutely not. It's not much different when it comes to the mind. What do we allow to be dumped into our mind by way of what we listen to or what we watch or what we think on or or what we read? It's vitally important to be aware. Why? Because the issues of our life come from our heart. We're encouraged to keep our heart with all 
diligence. We control, we decide what we will allow to go into it. Well, let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse uh, 20. It says, he, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. The companionship you keep uh, surely affects your life. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 14. The heart of him that has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools, they feed on foolishness. And you see both examples of that in the world today. The heart of him that has understanding seeks knowledge. Well, what would that knowledge that the one who has understanding, what would that knowledge be? It would be a knowledge of God, a knowledge of who one is in Christ, a knowledge of what God has done for us through the accomplished work of Christ. But in contrast to that, the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Proverbs uh, 16, let's look at this one, Uh, verses 6 through 8. Verse 6, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the reverence of the Lord men depart from evil. With the increase of evil in the world today, uh, it's due to a lack of reverence for God. That's certainly part of it. There's other things involved as well. But the reverence of the Lord, when a man or a woman has reverence for God, they depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, verse 7, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Even your enemies will be at peace with you when you please the Lord, when you have reverence for the Lord. Verse 8, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord will direct his steps. Also in Proverbs chapter 16, let's read verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. There's many examples of prideful men and haughty men in the world today, and women. Well, they might be on top of it now, and the pride that they might have just comes before their destruction. That haughty spirit comes before they fall. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart, a joyful heart. How would we have a merry heart or a joyful heart? Because we recognize the greatness of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. The joy of the Lord, that is our strength. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken heart or a broken spirit dries the bones. When the bones are dry, they're brittle, and they break very, very easily. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Wow! Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How important is it to be aware of what we talk about? Because the words that we speak... Well, it's the power of life and death. So often, don't we get 
what we confess and speak over and over and over again, whether it be positive or negative. There's some tremendous truth in the book of Proverbs where God gave Solomon the wisdom to write down these words. We have so much to be thankful for in the great reality and truth that we have the wisdom of Christ in the new birth. Let's close out with uh, this song by Casting Crowns. It's called The Well. Leave it all behind Leave it all behind Leave it all behind Leave it all behind I have what you need But you keep on searching I've done all the work But you keep on working When you're running on empty And you can't find the remedy Just come to the well You can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing But that empty inside You just ain't gonna listen When nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no more And all who search will find What their souls long for The world will try you are when your last prayer is spoken just rest in my arms a while you'll feel the change my child when you come to the will it's all who thirst will thirst no more it's all who search will find what their souls long You're full of love beyond measure. Your joy's gonna flow like a stream in the desert. Soon all the world will see the living water is found in me. Cause you come to the well. Yeah. It's all who thirst will thirst no It's all who search will find 
behind, leave it all behind, leave it all behind, leave it all behind. Your pursuit of leave it all behind. Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. All of the Solution Radio Shows, they are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com where you may re-listen at your convenience. There's also links there to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there's a page for upcoming events. If you'd like your event listed, you could send the information to info at thesolutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. We'll play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. We have listeners through the website replay from 65 different countries now around the world and many, many cities throughout the United States. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Uh, once again, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. There's also a donation link available on our website. Over the past several months, some of the underwriters and advertisers for the show have included the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Integrity Mortgage and Financial in Colorado Springs, Colorado, John's Handyman Service in the Aurora, Naperville area, Wasatch Technology in Naperville, Ameriprise of Naperville, and Morningstar Computer Training and Consulting in the Aurora, Naperville area. Please visit the sponsors page on our website to find out more information about the Solution Radio Show sponsors. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.